How are you guys doing, Hope City Church? Pretty good. What an amazing Hope story. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, my name is Megan Gardner, and my husband, Jono, and I are the campus pastors at the Shepherdsville location. Give it up for Shepherdsville. Hey, guys. And we are about two months away from celebrating our one-year anniversary at Shepherdsville. So that is amazing. Thank you guys so much for not only the opportunity to be here today, but for being a part of this last year um, at Shepherdsville here in South Louisville. Um, Just coming out to Shiloh's. Thank you guys for supporting all of that so, so much. I'm really excited to speak to you guys today. Uh, I really do believe um, that this opportunity is uh, one I take super seriously, and I believe that it's from God. So super excited to get this opportunity to speak to you guys. Um, The title of my message today is How to Fight a Giant. Everybody say giant. That's right. Now, I've not literally seen a giant But we're going to talk about spiritually fighting a giant today. Fighting giants. I've actually never been in a fight before. I know, hard to believe, skinny little me, never got into a fight. But I've never been in a physical altercation, nor do I have the desire to be punched in the face. Some people do. You guys laugh, but some people, they want to fight. That's not my thing. I do have a, a fighting dad joke. Are you guys ready for it? It's pretty good. So a guy walks into a bar and demands to know who is the strongest, baddest, toughest guy in here. So, of course, he stands up. He's like, that's me. I'm the toughest guy in here. So he looks back at him and he says, will you help me push my car to the gas station? (laughs) I worked all week on that joke. It's pretty good. But today, I want to talk about fighting giants. I want to talk about fighting spiritual battles in our lives. Because each of us, whether we know it or not, we live in not only a physical, but we live in a spiritual world as well. We're facing spiritual giants and battles all the time. There's situations and circumstances that might feel impossible to change. Have you guys ever felt like you're battling something inside of you that you really just can't explain, that you can't talk about, that the words don't really come easily to, that when you try to explain to someone, you're like, I I feel like a, I don't know, dark cloud or a lot of emotions. Like there's an invisible stronghold on my family or my personal life, something that maybe you feel but you're afraid to admit to other people because you just can't explain it. Or have you ever felt like some part of you will never change. That no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, nothing changes. Maybe it's an addiction in your life. Maybe something that you have overcome once, maybe years ago, but now you find yourself falling into that same thing again. Or maybe it's a coldness in your soul, a root of maybe bitterness or hatred that you harbored from years ago and is now affecting your mood. It's affecting your circumstances. It's affecting your relationships. Or maybe it's depression. Depression seems to be rampant among so many people in my personal life that I know. And it's a serious giant. It is a spiritual battle, and it's not easily handled. So what is your giant today? What in your life do you feel like, I have to beat this thing, or it's going to beat me? What in your life has control over your mind? Today we're going to learn that fighting things with our own strength 
that trying to be strong on our own doesn't always work. Men, that wishing things would go away, wishing these problems would work themselves out usually does no good. Ignoring giants doesn't make them less of a threat. And thinking that they will get better, hoping that they will get better, doesn't change how fearful we are about them. So we're going to learn this. This is our big idea for today. It's on your sermon guide, so you guys can follow along with me there. That giants never just disappear. They have to be defeated. They never disappear. They have to be defeated. So we're going to read today in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, We're going to unpack a little bit about David and... Hey, 10 gold stars for you, David and Goliath. We're going to talk about the big giant in the Bible, the big, mean, ugly-looking Philistine in the Bible named Goliath. Now, here we find David in 1 Samuel chapter 17 as just a young boy, a teenager, if you will. He was super young. And the Philistines and the Israelites, they're in a battle. They're separated by a valley. And this big old guy comes out and is taunting the Israelites. And he's saying, if any of you can beat me, We'll just give up. We'll just surrender. Because that's how bad and how confident this guy is. He's huge. He's like six feet tall. (laughs) Ginormous. And everybody was afraid to face him. People on God's army, on God's side, are like, this guy's huge. There's no way I'm going out to defeat him. And David was just checking on his brothers, just being a good teenager, when he overheard what was going on. Overheard that this giant was taunting everyone, saying, "Come, come beat me, come defeat me. And he courageously goes out to defeat him. So if you guys will, you can grab your Bibles. They are either in the seat in front of you or they are on your seats. You can follow along in your sermon guide as well. And we are going to unpack what it's like to defeat a giant and what exactly David does here. So we can learn how to defeat the spiritual giants in our life. So we're going to start in verse 39 here. It says, David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. He took his staff in his hand. Everybody say chose. Chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand approached the giant, approached the Philistine. Giants in our life that are impossible to defeat, they have to be faced. And instead of fighting the way the other Israelites did with all their armor and all their sword, David picks up stones from a river and a slingshot and is like, I got this. I'm 17 years old, I'm going to defeat this giant. David knew something that these guys didn't know. And I want to know what David knew today too. So we're not going to throw rocks at anybody. I'm just going to let you know that. (laughs) I don't have a bag full of rocks that I'm going to give you today. But we are going to choose five things that will help us defeat our spiritual giants. Five things that are going to help us defeat this spiritual battle. Because we all have them. Whether we know it or not now. Spiritual battles require spiritual weapons. And I'm just letting you know, this is a rabbit trail, this is just a side note, that David was a teenager doing this, as courageous as he was. Crazy to think about, but your children, your teenagers, are dealing with serious spiritual battles too, and are strong enough to face them. They are. Teach them how to be like David, how to approach the enemy, how to take down giants in their life. 
I have two scriptures I'm just going to read to you that are going to give us a little insight about spiritual battles. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Spiritual battles. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It might seem like that sometimes, but it's not. The Bible says, But against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are things coming against you and your family. You are under spiritual attack. Spiritual battles in our life require spiritual weapons. So five things. Let's look at those things, okay? Five choices that can help us defeat a giant in our life. So we're going to fill these in in the sermon, guys, right here. The first choice that we can make today seems simple is prayer. You guys are like, mm, prayer. The greatest weapon to defeat your giant is not your strategy, it's not your wit, it's not your strength, and it's not your skills. It's your relationship with God. That's what David had that nobody else had. Sure, they knew who God was. The Israelites knew that they were part of God's army. They believed in the Lord Almighty and the God. But David had a relationship with God and knew just how powerful he was. Sure, we love God, but do we love to pray? Do we love to talk to God? What do we pray about? I would ask you today, how often do you pray to God? Like really talk with God about your spiritual struggles. Not just like, hey God, thanks for blessing my meal, thanks for getting me here on time, like I appreciate it and all that, love you, you know. But really talking to God, it's okay, you can laugh. Really talking to God about your spiritual struggles, about the things we're scared to admit to ourselves. Because God already knows what we're going through. He knows the situation we're in and what exactly we're struggling with. So if anybody is safe to talk to, it's God. Have you told God how this makes you feel? Have you told God, God, I've tried to get free from this addiction, and I can't. I need you. Have you told God, God, I'm scared that my family's under a spiritual attack, and I don't know what to do. Have you talked to God about how frustrating it is to try to get through something, to try to get through a battle or a stronghold and feeling helpless. David made this declaration before he met Goliath. Listen to this. It's amazing. It's in verse 45. It said, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. This is a 17-year-old saying this. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all 
of you into your hands. That's a serious prayer. <laughs> Most of the prayers I pray are like, God, thank you so much for a wonderful day. Please help me, help my family. But these scriptures, these prayers that David prays makes me want to be bold, makes me want to ask God for things I would have never thought to ask him. Like, God, break chains in my life. God, break strongholds in my family's life. Break strongholds, break generational curses in my life because I believe you can. And on this day, I can be changed. I believe I can be changed this day. He had the boldness to pray, like, giant, you gonna die today. <laughs> it's what he said, you're gonna die. Everyone else is scared of this giant. It makes no sense to have that kind of faith and relationship with God, and nobody else understood it, but David did. I like to call that being prayed up. Have you guys ever heard that term, being prayed up? It's being close enough to God, specifically in your prayer life, to be ready for the enemy's attacks because they will come. And as soon as you give your life to Jesus, as soon as your hand shoots up and you say, yes, I'm going to follow Christ, as soon as you decide to take a step in the right direction for the kingdom, you become a target of the enemy. It happens in your life. No matter what age you are, no matter where you came in in your faith, what your situation looks like, you have a target on your back when you become part of Christ's army. You become a threat to the enemy. Now, he's not scared of you on your own, the enemy. No, he's scared of Jesus in you. Because you don't need any help messing up your life. The devil's like, nah, I'll leave him alone. He's got that. But he's scared of the God inside of you, the Holy Spirit inside of you that gives you power to overcome these spiritual enemies. And the enemy gets scared when you pray. When you pray with boldness and belief, hell shakes Hell trembles because the only thing that can defeat it is Jesus, is God. And you have that power to declare these things. Declare in the name of Jesus that your giant will fall. Declare that the power in you is greater than the power of this world. Declare that though I have an impossible struggle, that my God is bigger than my struggle, and I'm going to get through it. Prayer strengthens our relationship with God. And spoiler alert, nothing can beat God. He wins, so just letting you know. The second choice that we can make today, our stone, is worship. Worship is powerful, very powerful. David was an intense worshiper. Now, when I say intense, some of you guys are like, okay, he had a guitar and he sang. Like, that's intense for me. For some of you, it is. But the Bible says that David danced naked before the Lord. That's his level of intensity. <laughs> That's not necessarily my favorite level of prayer and worship and intimacy with God, but that was David's worship with dancing naked before the Lord. But we know what is David famous for? For writing the book of Psalms. And what were they? They were songs. It was worship. It was love. It was a relationship, abounding in love and mercy all for the one that he loved. He was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. And worship is what we were created to do. And you might worship in different ways. It looks different for everybody. You might just raise your hand. You might close your eyes. But there's something about worship that changes our mood. It changes our attitude. But mostly it changes the atmosphere. That's why worship is so powerful. 
It's not just about music. It's not just about singing. Because I've heard some of y'all sing, don't quit your day job. <laughs> There's a reason why you got to try out to be on the worship team. <laughs> but it's not just about singing. We all worship in different ways, whatever that might look like to you. Worship puts God here and me here. That's why it's important for defeating the enemy. Because knowing who's in control means I don't have to be in control anymore. And that's what worship helps us do. It humbles us. It has us surrender to God. That's why a lot of times we lift our hands to him. It's a complete sign of surrender that God, you are in control of my life, of my circumstances, and you can be my giant for me. It changes our mood. It changes our atmosphere. David knew that we would need it to defeat our, to defeat our enemies. You ever, I just learned this, that your pastor, Pastor Jason, goes for a run and doesn't listen to music. What? Have you ever tried to work out without music? A lot of you must have. I cannot do this. I have tried to work out, and I actually run on a treadmill without music, and all I hear is like, doo, 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 doo. it's really annoying. I just can't, and I'm just stuck in my head the whole time, like, or I'm, I'm hearing somebody grunt, and that's like the worst, most unattractive thing to do while you're running or trying to work out. So I put music in. I mean, it helps. Like, I can focus better, and I like to sing, and it really helps my energy. But I just learned that your pastor doesn't do that. It's just crazy. I don't know. Different kind of person. <laughs> but music can uplift our soul. And sometimes your soul, when you're dealing with a struggle, needs uplifting. And that's a great thing that you can do daily, daily to help you with your battle and your struggle. Put it on on your way to work. Pop in a Hillsong United CD. I love me some Hillsong United a CD even. We don't even listen to CDs. Put it inside your auxiliary cord in your car and listen to that. I just I love CDs still. Put on some music on your way to work and see how it changes your attitude at work. Put some on before you walk in your house. Some of you, your house is not a holy place. It doesn't feel like God's there. Prepare your spirit. Prepare your atmosphere, especially as the head of your household, as a parent in your home. Prepare your spirit with worship before you enter it because there will be attacks in your house. If you're trying to live for Jesus, the enemy will want to be there too, coming at you. Prepare yourself with worship. We need worship. What would it look like if y'all walked in? I'm talking about worship a lot, but hear me. What would it look like if you walked into your home? Someone's arguing about something. The kids spilled some stuff. Like you've had a hard day at work, and you're just like, everybody stop. We need to worship. Y'all think I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys think I'm kidding. I'm dead serious. What if... What would that look like for you if you walked into your home and said, the chaos is over. We are going to worship. We are going to pray. And we are not going to be under this attack anymore. We are going to be unified. We're going to worship. I don't care if you can't sing. Like I said, it's not about singing. It's about putting God here and us here. Worship. The third choice that we can make, the third stone that we have, is listening to encouraging voices. You can put encouraging voices in your blank. Encouraging voices. There are always, 
always going to be people in your life that will discourage you from changing. Always. Always, always, always. They might not realize they're doing it. They might not. But there are always going to be negative Nancys somewhere in your circle. There will be. Earlier in this scripture, Saul was talking to David. If you look up in your Bibles, it's verse 33. Listen to this. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. Straight up, he said, you are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. I mean, he was just being logical. That's all he was thinking of. But David is here going like, I got God on my side. What are you talking about? That was a negative voice that he didn't really want to hear. They're going to be around all the time, especially if you're new to your faith and just gave your life to Christ. But if we're not careful, we'll let those discouraging voices form our beliefs about our and God's abilities. And we'll start saying things like, this is just how things are meant to be. It's just not going to change. We will always fight. We will never be closer. My situation's not going to get any better. My family's this way. I'm this way. Or I'm stuck. You find yourself saying these, these negative phrases because you don't realize it, but you're listening to discouraging voices. I've tried, but I've just given up now. Or maybe this is it for us. Maybe I shouldn't try anymore. Or how about this? I will never change. I feel like we've all told ourselves that at one point or another. It's just not going to happen. I will never change. A negative voice will destroy faith and will make it even harder for that giant to be defeated. And a lot of times the discouraging voice is our own voice. We beat ourselves up. We convince ourselves that we're not going to get any better, that this is never going to change. Discouraging voice. So what voices do you listen to? Think about it. Who is in your circle? Whether it's your spouse, whether it's your boss, people you know. What kind of voices are you listening to? Do they encourage your bad behavior? Or do they even really realize what's going on in your life? Because sometimes people that just don't even recognize there's something wrong with you aren't necessarily healthy for you then. Because if they don't love you enough to go, man, something's, something's up with you, then are they really even that close enough to you to make a difference in your life? Something's going on with you. I, I'm battling spiritually. I've got something I can't explain. I don't know what's going on. Hey, man, what's going on in your life? You're acting weird. Do they encourage your bad behavior? Or do you even know what's going on? And if you don't have many encouraging voices in your life, that's okay. I'm not condemning in any way. But that is exactly where your pastors come into play. Your campus pastors. Pastor Joe would love nothing more than to sit on your couch with you in your house and to talk about your spiritual giant and to help you combat this giant. He wants to link arms with you. Pastor Katie wants to link arms with you and be there with you through your struggle. Pastor Jono wants to be there for you in the middle of it all. And you're like, no, nobody wants my drama. Yes, we do. Because we've been there. We've been through it. We've seen God take us through it, and we know he can do it for you too. So don't be afraid to call them up. Call up someone who has the gift of prophecy, who can be prophetic and encouraging over your life and tell you it's going to be okay. Yes, you can change. 
Yes, we can do this together. We are going to link arms together and fight this giant in your life. That's what they're there for. So don't be intimidated by a mess. God's not intimidated by your mess or your struggle. He doesn't cower at your giant, not at all. So call them up and say, I need to talk with you. The Bible says this, that one can put a 1,000 to flight, talking about one person, but two can put 10,000. And what does that mean? That means on your own, sure, you might be strong, but with even one other person by your side encouraging you, lifting you up, telling you you can do it, you guys are tenfold strong together. Link your arms together with an encouraging voice in your life. So the fourth choice that we can make, our fourth stone, is to pray in the Spirit. Fill that in your blank. Pray in the Spirit. Now this is different than just prayer. This is different than just talking to God. And some of you who have prayed in the Spirit before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Praying in the Spirit is letting the Spirit pray for you when you've done all the prayer you can, when, when you're done. Because sometimes the giants are that big. They are that hard to move. They are that serious. The struggle is that real. It goes that deep. That I have prayed, Megan. I have tried. Nothing changes. I have prayed. I have worshipped. I have tried to get there. What do I do? We pray in the Spirit. And this also looks different for many people, too. This might look like a heavenly language. It might look like speaking in tongues. It might look like moanings or groanings or utterings you can't explain. It might look like just you and God listening and your spirit receiving from him. For some people, it's meditation. For some people, it's tears, which is okay, even for you guys. That's okay. That's letting the Spirit pray for you when you have no words left. And to be honest, these are scary because you're saying now, God, take over, which is a deep prayer to pray. Because at that point, it's out of your control, which means it could go in this direction, the kind of direction I wanted it to go, but it also could go God's way, which is not necessarily always the way we want it to go. So he might have you overcome your giant by making a really hard lifestyle change that you didn't expect. And this, it, it's kind of funny when, when people do say that. They're like, I just never expected that this would be the way that I change, like, with a devastation. And I, I always ask them, like, did you pray for God's will to happen in your life? Because if you did, that might be him answering that prayer. And it's hard, not always easy, but it's praying in the Spirit. If I completely surrender to God, I'm moving from an I want, I need prayer to your will be done. Amen. Your will be done in my life. Guys, the Holy Spirit in you has power to change your life. Has power to change your atmosphere and your circumstances and to defeat any kind of giant. David knew this. He understood it. And he understood it at 17 years old. It can free you from addiction. It can free you from past hurts, deep, deep hurts that you might be holding on to from years and years and years ago. It can end your self-hatred. Every time you look in the mirror, you don't like what you see. The Holy Spirit can help you with that. So the last one, and I'm ending today, the last choice that we can make to defeat these spiritual giants in our life is keeping the faith. 
keep the faith. David had faith that God would allow him to kill his giant because he'd seen him do it before. So early on in the chapter, it says in verse 37, David was talking and he says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Keep the faith. Sometimes faith is all we have leading us into a battle. Sometimes it's all we're living for right now, and that might be where you are. Faith might be your smallest stone right now. Yes, it might be a smooth one. Worship, I got it. It's big. Prayer, I got it. That's so big in my life. I pray every day. But how big is your faith in God? David saw him do this before. Find somebody who has seen God come through for them and watch that ignite your faith. Hear a testimony of how God came through and do it yourself. Sometimes we forget what God did for us years ago and we need to be reminded, keep the faith. Because when God doesn't change things on our time or do things the way we want him to, sometimes we can resent him for it. Hard to admit, but we're human and we do. Listen, a giant is called a giant because it's impossible for us to beat on our own. It wouldn't be a giant if we could do it ourselves. It'd just be a small problem. Some problems are that way. They can just be fixed with simple attitude adjustments or character changes. But serious issues that are hard to deal with, that are hard to admit, that you don't even want to tell your spouse, we need God for those things. And sometimes the only thing that can believe that anything will change is our faith and faith that God will come through. I love the, um, the bottom of the scripture where it says the battle is the Lord's. Wow. The battle is the Lord's. Is it funny? In the, in the Bible, you know, the only control that God asks us to have, that Jesus asks us to have, is self-control. Not control over anything else. Not control over our money. Not control over who we marry. Not control over circumstances, how my kids act. Just self-control. No control over how the giant will fall. When the giant will fall. Because I'd like him to fall now, Lord. (laughs) I don't want to deal with this anymore. Self-control. That's it. So faith. As tiny as a mustard seed, the Bible says. That's all you need. I believe that the battle's the Lord's. I release it to you, Lord. You are strong enough to defeat it. I am not. On my own, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. But with you, I can do anything. We can defeat this. We can overcome it. Our family will be stronger. Our church will be stronger. Our small group will be stronger. Because we've done it together and we've done it with God on our side. So I'll recap. The five choices we can make to defeat the giants in our life are prayer, praying more, loving prayer, our worship, learning to surrender fully to God, encouraging voices, maybe filtering out some that aren't very encouraging, putting those campus pastors in your life, praying in the spirit, 
with just finally letting God take control and faith, which even as tiny as a mustard seed is enough. Yes, this 17-year-old boy, David, had enormous faith. And we still talk about it thousands of years later, about what an awesome guy he was. But hey, I just want to let you know, he was a human being. And he had struggles too. But he had faith. Faith and he had love. He loved the Lord with all of his heart. So I encourage you today, no matter what your giant is, how big it is, how ugly it is, how messy it is, God is able to do what he said he's going to do, and he's able to defeat the giant for you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for our ability to be strong and courageous in you. Help us today to boldly face our giants and fearlessly declare that strongholds in our life are broken. Let us reach forward to healthy lives that include encouraging voices and a strong prayer life, God. Help us to fall more in love with you. Develop more passion and hunger for your strength and your word. Humble us today, God. And remind us that our giant cannot be defeated by our own strength or our own control. And let each spiritual battle represented here today be demolished. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.